People think far too much about techniques and not enough about seeing. Warning, everything saved will be lost. Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio, and welcome to episode 103 for the middle of August 2019. And yeah, it's the middle of the summer. <laughs> middle of the summer. It's actually getting... Sorry, it's it's deep summer getting close to fall. Uh, yeah, middle of August. Hope your summer has been going well. Yeah, I'm in the middle of uh, my hiatus from one of my, one of my day jobs, and... Uh, you know, I said, I think I might have said this before, but I had a lot of plans for August. And, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men. Uh, I haven't really touched the Switch to Manual website yet, and I haven't really gone out shooting yet. You know, it's still the middle of August, and I'm still working a lot at my other job. And I just, I don't know, I just haven't gotten up to uh, get my uh, butt in gear and do some shooting. And partially that's just... I don't know, the time of year, what's going on, uh, you know, thinking that I might have a lot of inspiration to go run out and shoot uh, because I'm not working, uh, you know, because I'm on vacation in a way. And you know what? It's mm, It doesn't always work out that way, you know? So that's why I say the best laid plans of mice and men. <laughs> and so, uh, so anyway, I hope your summer is going well. Um and, you know, it's not too bad. I mean, I'm actually enjoying not having to uh, be obligated obligated to go someplace uh, at a certain time and stay a certain amount of, you know, hours. And, and uh, I didn't mind the, I don't mind the work. You know, the work is fine. But that sense of having to be someplace at a certain time uh, and do it regularly is it's nice to not have to do that for a little while. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping uh, some of you are having the same kind of experience, taking some time off and just, you know, enjoying you know, looking at the world, taking pictures, hopefully, uh, or not, you know, just chilling and, and, uh, really getting in touch with, uh, you know, what's going on in the world. Uh, but I'm not about here to talk about news. Well, in, in kind of a way I am, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. Uh, first of all, it's only me uh, tonight, uh, no deep dives. And, uh, there's a couple of things that I, well, they're not gonna be ranty. There might be ranty parts to it, at least the first part. Uh, and not, not so much in the second part, but, uh, I'll see how long I can go. Uh, I'm basically winging this <laughs> and I've got some show notes, but, uh, so a couple of things I want to talk. Well, I'll, I'll just get into the first thing. I want to chime in a little bit about, uh, the, uh, the equipment doesn't matter, uh, uh, stuff that's been going on. In a lot of my circles I've been hearing, uh, podcasts and, and blog posts about uh, how equipment doesn't matter and equipment does matter, but it doesn't matter. And I want to chime in a little bit about that uh, in my own way. Hopefully um, I can add something to the conversation, maybe not a lot of extra noise to it, but uh, I'm going to say some things, you know, you're probably going to uh, may, may agree with, may not agree with, and you might've heard this stuff before, but I just sort of need to get into this a little bit so I can get, you know, sort of get through the thought process. But uh, so, you know, the whole thing is people are talking about how the camera doesn't matter, right? And, um, you know, when you're producing pictures, 
the camera is not, you know, ought not matter in how to produce those pictures. And we're getting, we're hearing a lot of that. And, and it's something I agree with, you know, it's, the, the equipment ought not to matter in the production of the artwork. Like, for instance, when you go to watch a movie, do you really ask yourself what cameras and microphones and lights did they use to make that movie? Uh, or when you listen to some favorite song of yours, are you really, really thinking about the kind of guitar and drums they used to, to make that song? I mean, there are sometimes when you do think about those things, like if you're a musician or a filmmaker, you know, you might be curious about what's going on behind the scenes, but usually that's, you know, um, and that's fine and it's great, but it's the thing that we enjoy, the thing we enjoy first and secondary to that is the thing on how, how the thing was made. So, you know, you enjoy the film first and then maybe you think about, you know, uh, what went on behind the scenes, you know, and maybe you enjoy the song first and then, you know, what guitar, did they use, you know, because you might be, that might be curious uh, for you and you might be into music or movie making or what, whatever it is, you know, even photography, you know, you enjoy the picture first and then, and then you think about, you know, what goes on behind the scenes a little bit. What, what is being used to, to uh, express that artwork, you know, and I, you know, I don't have a problem with that. And, uh, you know, I'm off, you know, I'm part of that process. I, you know, I will look at a picture and I will think about, you know, uh, if it, if it moves me and, you know, if I'm resonating with it and then maybe, you know, I might think about what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm curious about that, but, you know, sometimes, um, you know, and I'm, I might be also curious about how the, the artwork is made or the image is made or, or whatever, you know, it's not just what was used to make it, but how, you know, was there anything else done to it? You know, this is all, you know, equipment and techniques, you know, and, and the photography world is just full of this right now. You know, ca uh, camera manufacturers are trying to sell us all the equipment and more megapixels and, and more features in the cameras and, and whatever else makes it uh, worthwhile to sell. And that's fine. They're in business to do that. And I don't hold that against them. And, and of course we're, you know, we're the, the target market, you know, photographers. We want to hear about this stuff, you know, and we can't, you know, separate ourselves from the gear that we use to make the, the artwork that we want. So, um, you know, we could be into that and, and we want to learn how the, this photographer, uh, you know, did this kind of image. Is there a special technique that they use in Photoshop or Lightroom or even in a dark room? Is there, is there stuff that, uh, you know, maybe we can learn to maybe, you know, that might work for the kind of uh, uh, art that we want to do, you know. But I, I think sometimes all this uh, equipment and techniques can be can be a big distraction. And the distraction is to keep us, you know, it, the distraction is keeping you away from actually going out and doing your own work and doing the things that are important for you and creating your own art. And I know I'm I'm I'm. You know, I'm as guilty of this as, as anybody, you know, instead of uh, maybe even now, you know, like the summer is going by and uh, I really want to go out and photograph. But I guess I don't really want to go out and photograph. I'm finding other reasons not to, uh, you know, so I'm messing around, like waiting for a new lens to come or, you know, uh, wanting to get my Lightroom library up and running. And all that stuff is sort of a distraction to keep me from going out and just producing the work that I want to produce. And 
we all have our reasons for being distracted, you know, and, you know, it's procrastination and we get up and we want to do this. And, you know, uh, can I be creative today? I, I don't want to fail. And all the stuff that goes through your head and, uh, you know, the gear and techniques can be part of that. Like, well, I can't go out and do this kind of shot that I want to do unless I have this piece of gear, you know, or I don't know this technique yet. And so I can't go out and, you know, I shouldn't, I mean, I'll, I can't make the photographs yet because I don't know this stuff. So I got to spend time in learning it. And, you know, we're, we're constantly bombarded by the siren songs of, of these, you know, of these things that, that pull us towards the, the rock, the rocky shores. And, uh, you know, I, it's really great to be able to avoid that sometimes. You know, you know it's not a bad thing to know about equipment and techniques, but uh, we don't want to beach our, you know, our ship against the rocks and sink uh, while we're kind of pursuing that, you know. So uh, for me, um, like uh, the cameras, um, like, okay, for me, it's a camera, right? I'm a photographer and uh, I use a camera to create my work and, uh, the camera, hmm, how do I describe this? I mean, there's a certain relationship with uh, a, a camera, uh, you know, be it a Nikon, be it a, a Minolta, uh, autocord, twin lens reflex, be it my Fuji film cameras uh, and my Fuji film film cameras. <laughs> I have one of those as well. And what what is it about the equipment that helps me? Uh, being an artist well you know the the cameras are are um they're a way to open the doors for uh me to pursue the kind of work that i want to do so you know i go back when i when i used to shoot film i mostly shot well, a 35 millimeter film i didn't shoot medium format or 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 large format initially i i i well although that's not true when i was in school well yeah when i was in uh, high school and college we learned we did a lot of stuff uh in the studio. So we did use four by five cameras because uh, they had those cameras there. Um, but you know, mostly I shot 35 millimeter, but when I did get my hands on a four by five view camera, uh, you know, what did it do for me? What, what did that new piece of equipment allow me to do? And what it did was allow me, I, I really like shooting still life and I used to shoot still life in my house at night uh, after work, uh, was, I won't get into the long story, but the short version is that when I was starting to shoot stock, <laughs> this is really funny. I'd come home after work and I'd work at night in the dark. I'd, I'd turn off all the lights and I used, uh, uh, I think two strobe lights, maybe one strobe light. And, um, I would, you know, set up a little backdrop in my living room and I would set up some props on, on a backdrop and I would use the flash and, and uh, I would set my camera up on bulb so that the, the uh, shutter was open, but there was no light in the room. And then I would pop the flash and uh, two things it would do. It would expose the film, uh, you know, I close the shutter. But then what it also do is this is really funny. Um, you know, when you like a flash, when you're looking at something that gets flashed and you close your eyes, you can kind of see an image of it on your, on your retina, <laughs> you know, a sort of an after image. And that's what I used to use to see how the light was falling on the subject, <laughs> oh, which is really weird because I didn't have a Polaroid camera bent then when I could take a uh, sample pictures. Um, anyway, so yeah, I'm shooting still life in, you know, my apartment with a 35 millimeter camera and there's limitations to that 35 millimeter camera. 
the the lens can't move in different directions and uh, uh, neither can the film plane of the camera. You're pretty much limited uh, to that. And when you're shooting still life, sometimes those uh, features could be helpful. And a, and a 4x5 camera has that. It has the ability to uh, move the front element where the lens is. And also, depending on the kind of camera you have, it, you can actually move the, the back element where the film is. And by, by a careful alignment uh, of uh, the film plane and the lens plane, and actually the plane where the subject is, you can actually increase your depth of field uh, when you're taking still life pictures. So you end up with this large piece of film uh, with a still life image where the you know the depth of field can be very very high you know and that's kind of what you wanted sometimes with uh, when you're shooting uh, medium uh, sorry not medium format when you're shooting large format in a studio you kind of wanted everything to be sharp and and so a 35 millimeter can do that the four by five did that for me and what that did when I would use a four by five camera it just opened a door it opened a door for doing still life that. I, I was limited in what I was doing with my 35 millimeter camera. Was it better than the 35 millimeter? Well, you know, yeah, in some ways it was. In many, many ways it wasn't. You know, because the downside of four by five cameras, you would go, you know, you could only take one or two shots at a time, and the amount of setup that you'd have to do in order to uh, st- get the the proper uh, alignment of the lens in the in the film plane, it took a lot of time. Not to mention the image was upside down and backwards in the in the in the back of the camera, and uh, what else? Also, you needed a lot of light because uh, the view camera um, generally when it had a bellows that extended, and every time you extended the bellows, you diminished the amount of light that would hit the film plane, and so you had to actually increase the amount of light, or you had to increase. Well, by you can either increase the amount of light or increase the exposure. Um, but you know, you had to do that. And, and that was all sort of a big, um, uh, disadvantage compared to 35 millimeter. You know, you couldn't run around with a four by five camera in the street. I mean, you could, but you weren't doing street photography with, uh, you know, a four by five camera. You might do portraits and stuff like that, but, uh, you know, it's not a portable thing to run around with. So, you know, there were things about perspective I learned, uh, with the four by five camera, uh, and depth of field, all that stuff I learned. And, but was it better than 35? Eh, yes. And, and no, it was both things, but it did, it opened the door for me to look at, you know, creating still life in a way that I couldn't do before at home with a 35 millimeter camera, and a, you know, and a flash blinking on and off in the dark. Um, so, you know, then, you know, let's flash forward ahead and then digital pops up and, uh, you know, what's the advantage that digital has over film? Well, there's, you know, there were things that I could do with a digital camera that were a lot less difficult to do um, than shooting with film. And we all know the the answers to this. I, I won't get into that. Um, but what ended up happening was, uh, you know, digital camera opened the door for me in a bunch of different things. It allowed me to shoot commercial work uh, in some way a lot less expensively, you know, that's I guess it's debatable because you're shooting digital and you have to buy a computer and you have to spend time and um, but there was sort of you know that idea of turning around uh, an image was a lot quicker uh, obviously than than doing it with film and so digital opened up uh, a, a few doors uh, that uh, you know weren't there when I was shooting film was digital better than film uh, you know yes in some ways and, and no in some ways you know for me uh, there was, you know, 
there was a lot more expense in digital. I was just mentioning that. I mean, I had to buy computers and there's storage and, uh, you know, I do no longer am I sending my film out, you know, to a lab to do the processing. Now I'm doing everything. So I have to spend a lot more time. And then, you know, that's kind of a disadvantage, uh, because then I'm responsible for everything. And that that's also an advantage. I mean, there's, there's the two things on either side. So, you know, that's great, you know, but is it, is it, um, is one thing better than the other? Well, there is pluses and minuses on both things. And so anyway, so, you know, let's flash forward now, right? People are talking about, you know, multi, you know, megapixel cameras and we know this, right? There's new, you know, 50 and 60 megapixel cameras coming out. And, um, you know, I was, when I was listening to, let's see, I was listening to, uh, Shutter Times episode number, oof, let me try to remember which one it was. I think it was episode 200 and, yeah, 257 with uh, Mac and uh, Ka- uh, Kasia um, Sokolsky. And uh, they were talking about, uh, the, the name of the show is More Megapixels Equals Better Photographer. And one of the things that Mac mentioned, which I thought was really um, kind of interesting, was that uh, you know, when a new camera comes out and, and there's more megapixels and there's a lot of people uh, poo-pooing it in some way saying, well, you know, I can only I only need the 16 megapixels. I don't need a 60 megapixel camera. Uh, 24 megapixels is all I need. I don't need the 100 megapixel medium format cameras. The point that he made, which I thought was really interesting, was that um, sometimes people do that because uh, I'm going to paraphrase or sort of interpret a little bit here that they're jealous <laughs> and and not in the way of like, I want to spoil it for somebody else. But like, I would really want that. Like, you know, he, he mentioned, you know, someone gave him, you know, a medium, you know, medium format digital camera. Would he take it? Yeah, sure. Why not? Would he play with it? If he had the money, would he buy it? Yeah, sure. Um, but you know, a lot of us don't have that, those kind of, uh, uh, funds to go out and buy all this big, expensive, heavy equipment. And, uh, and so sometimes it's, it's much easier to just look at the stuff and say, well, you know, I don't need this stuff because, uh, in, in the background, your brain is like, well, I can't afford it. <laughs> I don't have the funds for it. But what ends up coming out is a very judgmental kind of, well, you know, uh, who needs this kind of thing? And I thought that was a really interesting, honest way of, of thinking about that, because I know I, I do that too. And I, you know, I'm not always aware of it. Uh, it takes me a little bit, but you know, I'm a person of limited means. I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got a lot of stuff. I got a lot of good equipment. I always like more better equipment. Um, but you know, I, I have limited amounts of money I can spend if any on things that, uh, you know, I use for photography and, you know, so sure, uh, Sony comes out with a new uh, 60 megapixel camera and, you know, friends are talking about it, like, oh, did you hear I'm like, well, I don't need that. You know, why do I need that? You know, uh, and you know what? It, that comes from a place of, um, you know, not maybe not jealousy, but like, um, how do I say this? Not spoiling it either. It's just, it. it's something to like, um, I don't know it's a way of denying the fact that I actually would want that, you know, if, if it was placed in front of me, if I had, you know, 
tens of thousands of dollars in my bank account and you know it wasn't anything to go buy a new camera would i buy a new sony with the 50 yeah sure would i buy the new fuji medium for yeah sure i you know if the money was no object i'd probably have a dozen of these cameras on my desk you know uh but you know money is an object and so what comes out is uh a, a way of of saying you know yeah i want it but since i can't have it uh i'm gonna you know be kind of grumpy about it <laughs> or something or just like you know put it down or, or or whatnot i think that's just i don't know if it's human nature to, to do things like that i mean i'm sure it's not only in photography i mean i i have to imagine it's it's across the board with where, where everything you know uh when we see uh things that we want and we covet and we can't have uh there might be this tendency to want to uh you know, shoot it down and, and, uh, and think little of it, you know, and it's probably not a very, that's not a very good way to think about stuff. You know, it's like if I, if I really wanted, um, let's say I wanted, or I had a reason to have a 60 megapixel camera, I'd probably figure out a way to get it, you know, like that I would, you know, sell a bunch of stuff or, or save money by doing certain jobs and whatnot. And I would make sure that I would get it. You know, and then I would use it for whatever new door it was going to open for me, you know, and I'm not getting it. You know, I wouldn't want to get it because, well, you know, it says Sony and it's better than the Fuji or whatever. I mean, again, I'm just making stuff up here. I wouldn't do that. I would I would think that in the same way that digital open doors and that like a four by five camera open doors that this camera would open some sort of door. I wouldn't know what it is necessarily, or maybe it, maybe I would know. Maybe it was just because like there's this thing I need to do, and the stuff I have is not you know uh, is not capable of doing that. Not that it's bad stuff. It's just this other thing would help me do this thing. So you know, in some sense, the gear a gear does matter, but it only matters in the sense of like how are we going to use it. What's the, you know, what's our motivation to get? If it's just about acquiring gear because you need to acquire it, well, there are people who do that and people who have the means to do that. I don't have any judgments about those, you know, people who want to do that. Well, <laughs> that's probably not entirely true. I probably do have some judgments, but I want to not really judge you know, if people have the abilities to to buy things or get things and and use them for whatever they want, uh, it it doesn't really concern me. You know, what you know what does end up concerning me is when that when someone does that and then looks down and says, "Well, what you have is a toy. You don't have this thing because and and that is is kind of getting you know, that's another siren song in terms of getting stuck into some sort of. Uh, spitting contest with somebody about, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And those are best to be avoided. We know that, right? We don't want to go down those paths. <clears throat> we also don't want to be that kind of person who is saying, well, you know, well, now that I've got this, you know, thing and it's so much better than, you know, we, we always go say it's so much better than the thing I had before. Well, eh, think about that. It may not really be better. It's different and it opens different doors for you. Uh, and I really like you to question the word better, you know, is, is anything really better? I mean, you know, uh, you know, you know, here I am, I fall into this, into this, uh, into this thing too, because if, you know, if I was satisfied with my digital camera, I probably would have stayed with my Nikon, 
um, what was it? What was my first Nikon? D100, right? You know, right now I've got a, I've got, you know, Fuji X-T2, which is a really, really good camera, you know, as, as far as cameras go. And it's got a lot more capabilities than the D100 did. But, you know, obviously I wasn't satisfied, you know, because if I was, I would have stayed with my D100. Or let's even go back further. I had a Coolpix cameras, you know. Um, if I was satisfied with those, I would have stuck with them. Uh, I wasn't, you know, so I, I fall into this as well. You know, this, this, uh, acquisition of, of new things. And then, you know, still thinking that, you know, something's better than something else, you know, uh, again, it's, this is, I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth and kind of mixed, you know, uh, mixed words here, but, um, I would like to say that the, you know, the gear does matter and then the gear doesn't matter. And, and we all know this, you know, so I'm not saying anything new. I just wanted to put some, some part of my voice into this, into this gear matters, gear doesn't matter, uh, thing. And, uh, what was the last thing I was going to say? I can't remember. <laughs> I just spaced out. Um, but you know what? Sometimes the new gear, oh yeah. You know, sometimes, uh, this stuff doesn't take me anywhere, you know? Uh, I, how many of you have got, you know, a shelf full of lenses that you thought you would uh, use, you bought, and you thought, wow, you know, this will do X, Y, and Z for me, and they've been sitting there, you know, for however long, you know? So they didn't take you anywhere, uh, and you're probably going to sell them at some point, maybe. Uh, I know I've got a bunch of lenses that, you know, didn't take me anywhere, uh, and I, I purchased them thinking I would go someplace and, and I didn't, you know, a, a story I, I quick, I'll go quickly into this a while, long time ago. I bought, um, a 500 millimeter shoot. It was a Nikon lens. I think it was a five, six. The thing was huge. Uh, and I bought it for a lot of money. I had money back then to buy this thing. And, uh, at that time I, the, the longest lens I had was a 300. I still have that 300 millimeters, 300 F4 beautiful lens it weighs it's like a tank and it weighs as much of a tank as a tank this 500 millimeter friend was selling and he was it was a good price and i had the money and i bought it and it was this it came in its own trunk and now you can imagine it's a nikor it's a five six uh and my my mind is probably enlarging the size of it in some way and uh uh it had its own case and it was a big lens. Oh, and I had a two times teleconverter for it as well. So I can make it into a thousand millimeter. I think it only lost one stop. So, uh, and this was with film. I was, I was shooting with film, not with digital. So I was limited to what I could shoot with it based on the ISOs of the film because uh, there was, you know, a lot of, not a lot of light that would get into that lens. I mean, with the, with a teleconverter. I mean, it was a 5.6. So, you know, it was decent. The thing weighed a ton. You had to put it on a tripod to shoot, obviously. Uh, it was metal, so it's Nikon. It was it was a beast, and I think the only things I took sh the shots with um, that were I mean, it used to hang out my window and take pictures of the World Trade Center uh, from my uh, apartment in Park Slope. I also would shoot the sunsets because I was facing west, so I could I could get some good shots about it, and that was about it. And then one time I took it with me to uh, on a trip to uh, Europe and spent uh, what was the one time I used it in Holland I used it when I was photographing uh, airplanes um, fighter jets taking off at a, a NATO airbase in, in someplace in Holland 
Uh, and I, what was really interesting then was I, I was the, the way the airport was set up was uh, at the end of the uh, airstrip, there was a highway uh, perpendicular to it, and they would close the highway off. Uh, so when the planes were taking off, um, there were no cars allowed through. But they did allow people to stay at the edge of the airstrip. And there was all these guys there who were who were photographing the planes. I guess they liked to capture the tail numbers. They were just photographing planes. And so I showed up there with my ex-wife and a big, I think I had my big Bogan tripod. Uh, it was a big tripod. And I pulled out this lens and I set it up and like everybody had like stopped and turned and looked at me and they're like, oh, wow, you know, because nobody had a lens that big. And they said, oh, can we look? Can we look? And yeah. And so I let everybody look through the camera and whatnot. And I can't say that I wasn't like kind of like, ooh, that's kind of cool that I'm the one with the biggest lens. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I whatever, it was, it, I, I would be lying to say, I, you know, wasn't having fun being that person who looked like the photographer with the with the big lens and photographing the airplanes from a you know, I can really shoot them from a distance uh so yeah i kind of got off on that a little bit uh but when i got back i you know that lens went back in the case and i did nothing with it you know and so like it it, it wasn't on my shelf anymore it was in a closet because it was so big and i ended up selling it um I took a little loss on it, so it wasn't too bad. Still a very, you know, I, now I kind of wish I had it because <laughs> I've got the equipment where I could use it. And there are things I would like to, uh, there are actually things I would love to shoot with a 500 millimeter. I mean, I love now trying to shoot uh, uh, hawks and, and uh, birds of prey and, and, and stuff like that. And I've, my 300 millimeter lens is just not enough for that. But I'm not in the position to go off and buy a 500 millimeter lens now so uh the door is going to stay closed for a little while you know until i figure out what i want to do in that direction and you know i don't know how important it is for me to shoot it's something i'd like to do you know photographing and but it's not driving me enough to go you know spend the money uh anyway that's going off in the distance here uh a little bit but uh yeah you know uh gear doesn't matter it shouldn't matter what what's making the picture i agree with that and the, then again, also the uh, idea that this, these tools that we use, uh, whatever, whatever you're doing, you know, it could be photography, it could be painting, it could be sculpture, it could be cooking, whatever it is. These tools that we use open some doors and, and to be, um, you know, to be aware of that and, and to, to be open to, you know, how we use these things to create and how we use these things to express ourselves. Uh, and that's really all they live. That's, that's the only real power they have. They shouldn't have power over people. You know, we don't, you know, we don't put people down uh, because they've got, you know, they don't have the $12,000 camera. They have the $500 camera. We don't do that. This is not going to get us anywhere. So anyway, I'm kind of rambling because it's late at night and I'm kind of tired and I wasn't sure where to go, but I did want to throw in this, uh, you know, this idea about uh, where will, you know, where, where's my camera going to take me? Hey there. This is the part in the show when I would present the second half. And uh, when I recorded this last night, I did have a second half. And I was talking about uh, photography collections and collecting pictures. And 
And, uh, you know, on sleeping on it overnight, I decided that I'm not going to include this second half in this show. Uh, a couple of reasons are, A, I was a little bit rambly. It was late in last night, and I think I wasn't quite coherent in the thought process that I wanted to get across. And B, there was just, uh, I realized because of that, there was a bit too much uh, personal information about... Uh, uh, my life in there that I don't, you know, on second thought, I thought might not be appropriate to share. It wasn't anything weird. It was just something that uh, at the time felt good while I was recording it. But, you know, when I slept on it, I thought it might be just a little too much uh, to include in this show. So I decided to nix it. Uh, and I might have the, um, you know, opportunity in another show to talk about what I did. And I'll probably be able to put together a better thought process and, uh, and be able to present it to you, because uh, I actually like the idea. But I think that I'm just going to go to the exit of the show now and, uh, you know, say, uh, see you guys all at the uh, end of August and hope the rest of the summer is, uh, you know, pretty good for all you guys. So anyway, thanks a lot, and I hope you understand, and I will uh, see you later. I want to talk about the quotes at the beginning of the show. The first quote is from... Person. And I guess during his time, he had seen a lot of photographers who were also too busy with their stuff and not seeing what was around them. You know, back then, is there was also, you know, techniques and cameras that kept, you know, distracted photographers. So I, I really thought that that his quote was kind of appropriate for that. Uh, whether or not it's actually true or not, I think Brisson actually seemed to think it was, you know, that uh, people are more concerned about techniques than seeing. Uh, and the second quote, believe it or not, came from my Nintendo Wii. That uh, came from the Wii once when I was trying to save one of my games. I thought it was a very profound uh, thing for the Wii to say. Uh, that uh, things uh, will be, you know, not everything will be saved. What was that exactly? Uh, everything saved will be lost. And so I thought that kind of tied in with the, my talking about uh, collecting things. Uh, so anyway, you can, uh, wow, I ended up talking for an hour. <laughs> I hope, thanks for hanging in with me. Uh, you can find the show notes for this episode and all the other episodes at uh, swishmanual.podbean.com. And like I said, uh, all good plans uh, the, the, uh, um, can go awry, you know, uh, the best laid plans of mice and men. I haven't even given a thought to the Swish to Manual site yet. So uh, I know I said I would do it in August, but, you know, here's the middle of August. I haven't gotten around to it yet. Uh, but, you know, don't look for me on Switch to Manual so much. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at amrosario and Flickr at amrosario. And in Facebook, uh, I'm still on Switch to Manual and Rosario Photo on Facebook. So I love going to Facebook for those uh, you of a uh, certain generation who <laughs> like to go there. Uh, and, you know, as usual, I can always use your support in any way you could show it. Uh, if you want to send me some exposure bucks by going to iTunes and giving us ratings and uh, reviews, I really appreciate it. Especially if you tell your friends about the show, whether you like it or not. Uh, if you leave any kind of uh, review on iTunes, uh, it'd be really helpful if you had suggestions for how I can improve the show. I'm very much into that. But uh, any kind of time you take out to, to give me feedback, I would appreciate that. Also, if you want to become a a uh, sort of uh, uh, what is it <laughs> you want to become a um, honorary producer of the show you can always throw me some uh, real bucks at the uh, Podbean, Podbean page where the show is hosted uh, I have a little tip cup there uh, but either way I can use your support 
Uh, so, you know, drop me a line if you'd like to know what I'm doing or ways to improve the show. Uh, any suggestions for topics or photographers you'd like me to uh, talk about, um, you know, you can you know where you can find me. And uh, finally, the Street Shots uh, theme music uh, was written and produced by the guys at Phyllis Audio. Uh, and you can find out more about the creative guy behind Phyllis Audio at soundcloud.com slash P-H-Y-L-L-I-S audio. And you can also find out about them at phyllisaudio.com. Anyway, thanks for hanging in with me. And until next time, keep shooting and working at it because things will begin to happen. (laughs) ¶¶